What's up, friends? Welcome back to the What Made You Do It podcast, where I interview artists and entrepreneurs to share their stories and demystify the creative pursuit. Today, I am so excited to share with you my interview with Jordan Burgett. Jordan is a singer, songwriter, and artist in every sense of the word. This conversation was fantastic, and we got deep right from the beginning. We talked about his philosophy on life, the importance of trusting the process, and the power of curiosity. All right, let's get to the interview. I'm here today with my guy, Jordan Burgett. We got a singer, songwriter, poet, philosopher even, uh, and everything in between. So Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. How are we doing today, man? Doing great, bro. Doing great, a little, little, uh, little tired, but I feel like that's just a perpetual state of any man who <laughs> kind of wants to be above average being you know? on the grind 100 yeah. percent. yeah i don't know i mean i i have friends that are like parents uh you know and i'm of course not exhausted as they are but i i don't know man i just think it might be like adult life like you're just tired all the you're time just tired all the time it's also i mean we're mid-january i think that yeah. that brings the sleepiness out of everybody right. um okay jumping right in okay first question i love to ask people if you were to describe yourself in a word, how would you how would you do that? It's interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like whenever I'm in the hot seat, you know, I'll like be driving home after we're done with this, and I'll be like, "Fuck, I can't with a better word." <laughs> but um, I would say maybe curious. You know, um, I just uh, I feel like I'm in a phase in life, at least right now, where that's kind of my theme as I'm trying to soak up as much information as possible about things that, you know, excite me. Um, and I feel it can make me grow or, you know, shift my identity in certain ways. So, um, yeah, I'm just very, I'm in a, I, I, it's, it's wild. I'm in a place now where I almost feel somewhat like a kid again. You know, I, I started some things last year that, I was super consistent with so I was able to come into January 1 feeling a different level of autonomy I feel like than I've felt in years prior at least in my adult life so my curiosity has been spiked completely because I'm like what else can I learn that can you know further this this progress you know what I mean absolutely yeah. what I I guess what kind of things have you been doing like what are these uh consistencies and practices and also just for validation's sake of the curiosity i mean we we're here today sitting mm -hmm. down because we got casually introduced in the studio you were <laughs> recorded recording downstairs mm -hmm. and you know what would be a typical like dap up what's up man good to meet you turn into you know 20 minute conversation just exactly. about like life and everything and so i think curious curious and curiosity is a very um appropriate way to describe yourself 100 percent, and you know i feel like you know it's uh it's important to be in that space man because i think the older we get rigidity starts to set in and you see it you know it's a tale as old as time with elders in your family or people you meet on the street you know random encounters and it seems sometimes the older that people get the more that they're stuck in their ways and there's this Alan Watts quote, I don't think I'm going to get it exactly right, but he says to forever be a student of one school of thought is intellectual suicide. And I, like I said, I didn't get that completely on, but I think that that's been what's been inspiring me as of late to just seek out more knowledge is realizing if I get too familiar with something and it becomes a learned way or a habit. I've been reading Atomic Habits. I think we might have, you might have mentioned that one to me. Yeah. I think you might have actually been the person who, well, I know Tyler had read it, but I think you reinforced it the last time that we spoke. And it was just interesting because, you know, that we're creatures of habit and it's, it's sad to see sometimes people become so fearful and new information because the ego has... A familiarity it, it wants to stay as it is 
So then instead of being open and threatening that current version of yourself, people just stay rigid. And then it sets in time and time again. And as you can see, especially in the modern era, we're evolving so quickly that it's like if you aren't curious, if you aren't adamant about learning more, you're going to get lost and left pretty quick. It's a, yeah, it's like not necessarily the the opposite side of it, but it's like it's almost cultivating a fragility as opposed if you're not curious, you're just like the most fragile version because you're your worldview is tied together by these, you know, these beliefs and these things. And as soon as that's threatened, you're, you either like fight to the death mm -hmm. or you get blown up and you have to pick up the pieces later. So, um, very, is, is that bringing, you know, going back to, to younger years, Jordan, mm -hmm. has that curiosity always been there or is that something that you've kind of cultivated later on? hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's definitely always been there. It's really a, a state of being we're all in as children. You know, we, uh, yeah, and actually, too, I'm going to crack my nose <laughs> on cam. I wanted to wait because I wanted to get this. But, yeah, cheers. Cheers, cheers brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, this tastes healthy. <laughs> I like that. Just get, you know, we're nourishing you mid-episode mid here. Yeah, watch me, like, start glowing. Yeah. I just <laughs> levitate out of my chair. <laughs> um, no, man, I it. Yeah, it's it's our it's our state of being when we get here. I was reading something today by Pramahansa Yogananda. And Say that five times fast. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's so interesting because you know he was a yogi that had learned from the Bhagavad Gita out in India, came here, and his master or his his mentor he was learning from also put him onto Christianity. Um, and so it's interesting because. I'm getting teachings from my my Christian background, what I was raised in. And then I'm also getting things that I had been seeking out as an adult with some of the more Eastern philosophies, meditation, different stuff like that. So it's been super interesting because he ties it all together. And this book is just a, a collection of lectures and poems and things like that. But he was talking about the the whole essence of mortality and us being these souls in the ether and being, being uh, put into human form again and all this different stuff. And it's like there's programming that we have, even if it's not something from a past life that you remember, you know, in your DNA, you know, you are a, a creature that was seeking higher things. So, you know, it could basically have better life. You know what I mean? It's a part of our, our nature. You know, if we're hungry, we have to seek out food. If we're tired, we seek out our bed. You know what I mean? So it's a perpetual state of how can I learn to get in these states in an easier way so my life has these comforts, but then at the same time, and I'm sure as you know, you know, you're, you're jacked. You know what I mean? You have a business. It's like, we're going to be prone to try to find ways to make things a little easier for us, but we know that facilitating a little bit of stress or things that are harder are going to be what help us grow. So I think that, you know, I, I like when you talked about uh, being fragile, you know, there's a fear in that. And I think as kids, that's what happens is we have this curiosity, but people who are rigid feel fragile. They project their fears onto us and then they rob us of our our curiosity as we get older mm. and then it just perpetuates. So it's like that rediscovery and adult life has been kind of fun. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been reading that Pramahansa Yogananda and meditating a lot more in the month of January. I've been in like five distinct times I can remember in such profound states of gratitude that I've been brought to tears. And I'm like, this is like what being a kid is like again. Looking outside, seeing the sun, feeling it on your skin, or opening up the window and smelling the fresh air, and being like, my God, this is so amazing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but it takes work to get back there. So it's like, I, I think that going back to answer your question, yeah, I think it's a state that I've always been in, but I think it's a state that you've always been in, or the random guy on the street or the lady you'll meet at the flower shop today or whatever. It's like, we all have that in us. We just get conditioned to retreat from that because curiosity also can lead you into danger, mm -hmm. you know? 
And I think that that's why those meditative practices are understanding more of our divine nature and, and life is important because then certain things that bring about anxiety or fear kind of get alleviated. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I'm safe. I'm okay. Even if I have an anxious thought, like I'm, I'm in a safe building right now. I'm, I'm chilling. We're having fun. You know what I mean? Totally. And it alleviates that pressure so then you can free up that mental space and get curious again. 10 minutes in we're we're going deep <laughs> deep on the spiritual and uh, psychological side i mean so i also have really leaned into a lot of those practices and i it's interesting i've done less kind of like quote unquote formal meditation mm-hmm. in this like this year this month um but i've done a lot of meditative practices like i mean you know i've been journaling every day for at least 20 minutes just so like get my practice. just just get you know what's ever my brain out and you know working out lifting right like that thing where i, I can't remember who was, i was listening to talk about it's like you can't you can't have an anxious thought when you're actively trying to lift like hundreds of pounds yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you, your body will not allow you to entertain that because you're focused on making sure you don't get crushed underneath <laughs> this thing um and for, for myself, right, like a lot of my leaning into those practices are the result of living in a kind of perpetual anxious state and, you know, going going through that process of, of being conditioned and, and society and being fearful and fragile and all that stuff. Um, and I don't know if that's similar for you in terms of how you f- found and rediscovered those practices, mm-hmm. but I'd love to hear you kind of talk about the, the process of, of getting to the point of meditating and profound mm. and gratitude because that that doesn't just happen it's a snap of the fingers 100 percent, you know and it all happens for us differently it's like you know i don't know exactly how you got into those practices but there had to be something that triggered that i think uh and i know we got to speak about it a little bit last time but i had gone through a couple years of complete and absolute despair there were uh, moments of getting out of that like high range beta brainwave frequency states, like being like scared and anxious to like kind of just being like, okay, I can, I'm just going through life. Like I'm, you know what I mean? But, um, and that, you know, was why I had gotten super, super bad in my alcohol abuse and clubbing and womanizing and all this just different stuff. You know what I mean? Basically trying to use my vices to, um, bring me into presence. And then I just had to surrender. Mm -hmm. There was just so much going on where it was like, okay, a drink is not going to save me right now. Hooking up with this girl isn't going to save me right now. Watching this show isn't going to save me right now. Uh, listening to this song isn't going to save. it was like, you know, every single thing that I would try to do to like calm my mind didn't work. And then I, I I had to, of course, this is how the universe does it, is it brings you that turmoil. Um, it puts you in a situation where you're so uncomfortable that you just have to surrender. And I was like, okay, I can't control anything. I, I can't deal with this state of being much longer. Um, and I had already been suicidal from like 14 to like 23 and that year that I turned 24 was actually uh was COVID the shutdown and I remember at the end of 2019 I had found like some like binaural beats or like some it was like some ad or something some guys like listen to these sounds and enlighten your mind (laughs) right I was like well I've never tried meditating and I think it was like a month-long program of like three sounds that you listen to And that was the first time that I really just sat down and closed my eyes and tried to go within and uh, started that in like December or January. And my whole January or or my New Year's resolution was to meditate every day. February rolls around, the world shuts down. I actually got in some big trouble breaking up a fight in Iowa City uh, where I was living at the time. January 31st, so I was facing, like, a big case or whatever. Um, Wrong place, wrong time, but ultimately my fault for even being in that environment and 
being in those spaces. But uh, so I was, <laughs> I was on, or I was facing a felony. Uh, I the world had shut down, everything was closed, so I couldn't find work. I couldn't really go out. I couldn't be around drugs or bad people or anything like that. And I just had to sit. And um, I think that that is where it really started to go deep. Because I feel like when you're a person like you or myself who ends up getting into these practices, there are things that prelude all of that. You know, you have times in your life earlier on where you really, really, really want autonomy. You want freedom. You want greatness. But you don't know how to facilitate it. So then you have to be taken down the... The, the hero's journey, the dark night of the soul, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. to really get you there and, and prime you for that next phase. So I think that it was an accumulation of a lifetime of pain and turmoil that finally snapped. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the, what do they say, the, is it the hay on the camel's back or whatever? It was just that one little piece that finally cracked and then the current version of me could no longer sustain he had to die Mm -hmm. so then something else came after that you know man uh yeah it's and everybody can who's listening to this is like this guy's just your melodic voice stringing words together (laughs) it's distracting sometimes uh but I'm, i'm i'm listening to as much as i can the it's it's interesting like my my journey took a very similar timeline uh, in that like 2020 is when my version of myself died. I'm, I'm sure that's consistent across a lot of the yeah. population given that it was a a kind of forced reckoning mm-hmm. in everyone's lives. But the for me, and it wasn't frequency, but it was listening to an interview with uh, Naval Ravikant. Okay. You, uh-uh. you, Something you would else love I'll him. have to check yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You, you will love him. <laughs> Um, but he was talking about a lot of things, but he like had a multiple, a lot of different meditation practices. And I'm somebody, again, very, you know, I think I'm, I, I run hot. Like I'm just very, always moving, always going. So like sitting still and meditating was really tough for me. 100%. And then I would be, I lived in San Francisco, the Bay Area software, you know, like, so like the headspace and calm and all the meditation apps were huge, uh-huh. but I would listen to it and I would like got nothing from it 100%. you know I'd do those 10 day meditations or 10 minute meditations and like i would either it just it would i didn't see anything coming from it mm-hmm. and i listened to naval and he talked about these three different meditation practices i have and one of them was the like sitting in a dark room mm-hmm. for an hour the first thing you do when you wake up mm-hmm. and i remember being like that sounds horrible like torture like almost, it's right? literal torture right <laughs> Um, and I listened to this and I just so happened to be like, I just gotten COVID was stuck in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house mm. where I could not leave for 10 days. Like, you know, literally was just confined to a room. Yeah. It's like, if there's ever a time I need to kill an hour, like it's right now. Like I, let's, let's try <laughs> exactly, this out. Exactly. Um, and I remember I did it and I did it for, you know, that first day excruciating. Yeah. Second day, still excruciating. Third day like 40 minutes in, mm-hmm. I remembered I'd like just had like a calming. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like in, yeah. in, um, really what I realized, like that was the first time in my, you know, nearly 30 years of life that I had ever just like sat with myself. Right. Um, and you know, you were talking about the different vices and whatnot. And so I, I was, I engaged in all of that and like just anything to almost distract myself from myself and numb. And, you know, I, there's a, my, my guy, Bo, who he owns the, the gym I'm working out at. He talks about how like alcohol is what you use to connect and disconnect. So mm-hmm. it connects you with other people, but disconnect you from yourself. And right. um, so doing all of that and being in that moment and in that space of like actually sitting with myself and realizing like, okay, uh, one, I'm okay, like you were talking about earlier, mm. but two, like, maybe I'm not that bad of a person. Maybe I'm right. not this horrific human being that I've, right. like, this monster I've built up in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. It's interesting that you went through a similar similar thing at the, at a similar point in time. 100%. I think, you know, going back to what you were talking about, too, there was a couple things I thought about as you were speaking. You know, Andrew Huberman has uh, a little, it was a little clip I had seen where he was talking about how 
you know, you can't just expect to sit down and have an hour of productive writing because your mind still has to adjust. That irritation that you get at the beginning in trying to get into flow is just a normal pattern that you have to learn that you'll go through before you can start getting some of that great information out of yourself. It's the same thing with meditation. And I think, you know, I have ADD, ADHD. I was medicated as a kid, all that. So I get running at a high frequency. You know, when your mind is constantly going, the idea of silence is something so foreign to you that it's almost inconceivable. Mm-hmm. So getting into those profound, deep states, it's really hard to facilitate. Pramahansa Yogananda talks about that in his book too. He's like, if you don't condition yourself to try to do it early on, it gets harder as life goes on. And it makes sense because Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, explains in Becoming Supernatural, the, the brainwave frequency states that we're at throughout our life and it's like when you get to adult life, dude, you're you're in that low to high beta brain wave frequency mostly at all the time. You know what I mean? So you have to then retreat, meditate, breathe, do whatever to get yourself in those lower spaces so you can be in flow again. Um, and that it's tough, dude. It's tough. It's tough. And I think a lot of people think that meditation is just sitting around and not thinking about anything you know hopefully one day we can all get to a place where we have the ability to do that and be fully in tune with the divine presence within ourselves but even if you're not able to do that I think giving yourself that grace like you said maybe I'm not that bad of a person even in that practice yeah there's imperfection you got to think about it as a clouds going across a clear blue sky they'll enter the frame on one side and they'll exit on the other and it's as simple as that those are your thoughts passing through that act you know um i think it's just something people don't really have a lot of guidance in and you know a lot of times we learn in different ways like there's hemi-sync meditation there's transcendental meditation there's all these different practices it's like it's as simple as just taking a few deep breaths being there with yourself, you know, and then if you want a thought or something that you bring in or an intention, awesome. If not, cool, chill, just mm-hmm. be there, you know. Um, but it's, it's tough. That's like excruciating. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, two things. One is that like what was so what was so interesting about that meditation practice was like you know, you mentioned like the goal being to not think about anything is like, that was where I thought about everything. Right. But I actually like thought about it and, and was aware of all the thoughts about <laughs> right, it for right, the first right. time in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one of the things for me about meditation was I was, I always thought I was doing it wrong mm-hmm. because my mind was supposed to be clear. Right. But like your mind can't be clear until it goes through all the things that you're just holding on to or whatever. And so, uh, you know, it, it ended up being my like way of just like actually looking at and, and seeing and feeling and thinking about everything that I had been just suppressing forever. Yeah. And then also just from that standpoint of like the goal was just to sit there for the time. Mm-hmm. So regardless of how well my, my breath work was happening during it or the moments of Zen, I, like right. I, I succeeded just by doing it. Exactly. And, and that was a, that was an unlock for me because mm-hmm. being somebody who's, you know, very, very competitive and motivated to be good at things. Mm-hmm. Like I w- was always viewing myself as bad at meditating yeah. and would not want to do it because of it. But like switching it to be like, Hey, all you have to do is just sit. Isn't that funny? And then check, you know? Isn't that funny? It's like, and then you hear the gurus or people who've been doing it for years are like, you can't be bad at it, man. It's just, (laughs) it's a, but that's why it's a practice. Yeah. You know, practices aren't things that you can necessarily be good or bad at. It's just something, like you said, you have to do every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that another, you could see how it translates, though. And that's why, you know, we mentioned, uh, or I mentioned to you the other day, I had been trying to drink other stuff because I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, that's been another one of those things that uh, I realized it's a daily practice. You know, it's it's a daily practice of maybe not putting myself in certain spaces, maybe um, contemplating on my why 
more than just not doing something. It's like, why are you not doing it? You know, and how strong that can be reinforcing that. And I think that, um, you know, when you go to something, it's the same thing with the gym. You know, if you just start out, you're not going to be benching 225 or 315 or whatever. It's like you're going to have to go in every day and do pretty messed up or sloppy reps till you learn form. Then at a certain point, things start to click. You start to feel stronger. Your body starts to feel better. And then, you know, a year, two years, three years later, it's like night and day, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that that meditation is something you can view it in that way, too, where, yeah, off rip, anything that you're not familiar with, even if you're a natural, there's still going to be a learning curve. So, you know, and I do think meditation, it is our, our the state that we find in there is our, our normal state or where humans should be if all of this outside noise wasn't so loud. But, um, you know, it, it takes a practice to get there. It takes a practice to get jacked. It takes a practice to be financially sound. It takes practice to be whole, you know what I mean, or in those meditative spaces. So, yeah, it's just returning back to that day-to-day, like you said, and um, debunking those or or discarding those messed-up thoughts about being good or bad at something. And I like what you talked about with those thoughts being brought to the forefront because a lot of times if we repress things, we're not able to transmute them. They still stay within our energetic body. It's like you have to call it up, sit with it, and then it's able to be transmuted into a different level of energy. A lot of people think repression is like, okay, if I just discard it, then cool. But it's like, nah, dog, you push enough shit down. At some point in time, you're going to see it. It'll come back. So you're, you're making me think of like something that I've thought of a lot is, so like when I'm in my kind of spiraling state or just kind of like feeling like I'm free falling and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's always, it's like, it's, constant questions like me questioning myself question like am i doing the right thing what you know all these different things and the unlock that i found was if i just answer the question then it stops (laughs) you know like it's just it's all i'm in this state of just like constantly questioning and whatever and if i'm just like actually no i think i'm okay yeah like you just you or like i think this is the right thing right now we'll see what happens and as soon as i answer my own questions you know granted a little seem like a crazy person because i probably do it out loud no <laughs> dude, just, that's yeah. not crazy um, at all it's but just... but like it was it's like answering the question it just like stops it it get, takes away the power of it too um and it all seems so silly after right yeah, yeah. Like i was just freaking out i just talked to myself real quick mm-hmm. and now i kind of feel a little better about it a little pep talk yeah, yeah i exactly. mean i've definitely talked to myself a lot uh yeah. these these later years um I want to so two two things that I want to talk about. Yeah. And you mentioned the the not drinking, so I definitely want to go deeper yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about you know what you do, uh, which is singing and, and songwriting and whatnot, mm-hmm. because um, that is of the utmost curiosity of me of like uh-huh. going down that that path. Yeah. Um, dealer's choice. Which would you like to talk about first? Well, it's weird because they're gonna kind of correlate together amazing okay so yeah so i guess we could we could uh okay so i i stopped drinking um i'm 63 64 days alcohol sober i have occasionally hit the weed here and there um it is legal in the state of colorado so (laughs) motherfuckers don't judge me um but uh no i so you know, like I said, I mean, there's so many things that stack onto that. A lot of men in my family have died from alcohol-related issues or have had health problems from alcohol-related things, just abusing it over their lives. Um, so as it pertains to that, I think that if I'm going to be the the best man from my bloodline so far, it's going to require some breaking of generational curses. That's a hard task to go about, but I realize it's a lot easier to do that when I'm sober. It's a lot easier to do that when I have my edge. Um, so there's that. I think that on another level for the drinking – I've been, so I, I grew up in a single parent household for a while. My mom had me when she was 16 and then her and my stepdad got married when I was 12. So she had done so much 
heavy lifting up front to try to make me into a man in the best way she saw because she didn't know if there was ever going to be a guy in the picture. You know what I mean? So at 12, I was already contemplating a lot of things that I maybe shouldn't have. I'm grateful for it, but, you know, it's not normal things that a 12-year-old would think about. Um, and I think that as I got older, because I was having some of these thoughts or I was living in some of these states, but I wasn't shown how to properly cope with the regular ills of the world and life, I was still so sensitive as a child would be to um, things that are going on in the world, but I didn't know how to deal with dampening those blows. You know what I mean? It's like having a profound sense of empathy. If you don't learn how to have boundaries with yourself, you'll find that as you even look out, you could drive down Colfax right now and probably see so many people. By the end of the time, you know, you drive a couple blocks, you're probably in tears. You know what I mean? because you don't know how to handle seeing things that heinous, you know? Um, so I think that drinking was something that, going back to what your friend was saying, it, it took me away from myself and helped me be present with other people. You know, anytime I had social anxiety or I was dealing with something in life, I could just hit the sauce. And after I get a few in me, it's like things that gratify my ego maybe started to come out a little bit more it was almost like a different persona. And it's interesting that they're, it's called wine and spirits because sometimes a different energy comes over people. You know what I mean? Now that I know about integrating the shadow, I know that it was certain things that were repressed that were coming out. But it, it, it's a little throttling when you wake up the next day and it seems it's almost some Dr. Jekyll, or I mean or, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type stuff where, you know, you have this desire to be great, to be better, to be whole, to not hurt people, to, you know, be the highest version of yourself, you get banged up. And then, you know, you may find yourself in a scenario in the morning where you're like, why did I do any of that? You know, so I don't think you can integrate those aspects of yourself if you're constantly delving into the substance. And going back to not having a father figure around for a while, my stepdad is incredible. So, you know, shout out to him. But um, I was always seeking out, you know, good male role models, figures or whatever. And I think the universe has guided me to some great ones online that don't know I exist, but they have really great information. So, you know, uh, Bedros Killian is a guy I listen to a lot. Listen to Andrew Huberman a lot. I listen to this guy, Wes Watson. He's like super extreme. Did like 10 years in the pen, came out, made himself a millionaire with like coaching and stuff. So I get why he's as, as intense as he is. But, um, you know, all of those guys talk about conscious congruency. And I just don't want to continue to generate karmic debt from not listening to my intuition. I don't want to have to wake up the next day and feel bad about who I am. You know what I mean? I want to be able to listen to those positive impulses and be in a space where I'm receptive. And I think that alcohol sometimes drowns things out. So it's a lot harder to hear when your higher self is speaking to you, telling you to do this or do that. And if you're impaired, it makes it hard to do some of those things. So... Uh, and I had wrote something down. It was super interesting before we got here. I had read, cleaned up the room, and I was like, okay, I'm going to head out. I started thinking about something, and I'm like, okay, I'll just write it down when I get there. But I'm like, no, okay, I'll, I'll write it down now. And I can't exactly remember what it said, but I'm trying to recall it, put it in my notes. I've been doing this weird thing where I have random thoughts, and I'll just put them down. But I said something along the lines of, uh, a man cannot find perfection in his life until he has recognized the importance of self-mastery. Self-mastery allows man to deny himself of his vices, so then he's able to get closer to divine union, you know, being one with God. So a lot of times people think that 
a lot of times people think that like enlightenment or whatever is you gaining something, but I think it's more of you letting things go. You know, we like pack on all these ideas. It could be like almost like clothing, right? So you put on these different, you got your shoes, your, your shirt, your pants, your boxers, whatever. And this is the way that you outwardly project yourself to the world, even the tattoos, whatever. But if you start to remove these things, you get me and my raw essence. You get a naked version of myself. And I think that when you remove some of those flawed human concepts that are accepted, you know, amongst our society at least, I don't know how it is everywhere else in the world, when you start to remove those things, you get more in tune with divine union, you know? So um, I think that clearing out addiction or vices is another one of those things. So like not drinking right now, um, I told myself no more womanizing. <laughs> so uh, I really love, I love the ladies. I love, um, I, you know, but being conscious about that, it's like you can still appreciate and get all of that intense energy from the, the divine feminine, just being in a woman's presence. You know, I don't have to um, try to court her or sleep with her or do whatever. It's like I can just appreciate you know, even the, the simple things like the smell of her perfume, you know what I mean? Those are, that's another blessing, you know? Um, so, you know, it's been a lot of crazy rapid changes because once you start clearing that space, you leave space for other things, healthier things. And as it pertains to my, my journey in music, um, you know, I discovered that I liked to write back when I was 14 when I was at the like the beginning of dealing with a lot of suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies. So music was a relief for me or an, an out. Um, but very quickly, my ego started to feed me ideas of what this could be. So it, it dirtied the process. Then I had to get back to being in the true essence and it's like this weird thing you oscillate between these concepts because when you're really really being authentic you're not going to be understood you may be appreciated but you're not going to be understood um and sometimes if you take it so far and we see this often with a lot of genius individuals or very creative individuals people are like what the fuck are they doing and it's like yo like they're in autonomy bro like you're not you're not supposed to get it because it's not your journey you know what i mean um, and then when you go to the other end where the ego is heavily involved, the things that you create are then influenced by things that the ego thinks are right for self-preservation. So you'll create music that you feel like people will like. You'll create art that you think other people will like. And you do that for so long, it starts to wear on you. So... I went through a lot of these phases throughout this journey and it's been interesting that the entire time I've been sober and kind of the months or alcohol sober, the months leading up to it, like I even cut back on smoking weed. I don't really do it as much anymore. Um, I started to feel uninspired, which is crazy, right? And I think that this has been a thought that's been turning a lot for me. I wrote a verse yesterday that I actually really liked, and that was the first one in probably a couple months. But I think that the removal has led to a real look at the ego and what gratifies it. And it's changed some of my desires for what this creative act is doing for me. You know, when my ego is heavily there, I think about um, arenas, right? And people chanting my name and fame and fortune and all that. But when I'm in my higher self, all I really think about is being free. So it's interesting now that I've been trying to create without doing acts that are gratifying of the ego with removing things so I have to be sober and really feel life, it's affected my process. So I actually hadn't been writing, and I was like, okay, maybe this is just the ebbs and flows of creativity. But um, it's been interesting, man, really trying to 
come from a pure place again after for so long not being in that space. So I don't know if that kind of answers some of that or how it kind of comes together. No, it's a, it's a perfect answer. And I think, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking on a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And like I – part of what makes somebody want to start a podcast is like – I want to get my my name out there, fame, you know, like exactly what you're talking about, of feeding the ego, and it's it's interesting that I've I've been going through a similar thing of like thinking about why am I doing this? And you're talking about like why why you're not drinking and whatnot, like why am I doing this? And it's like genuinely, I just love conversations like this with people that are interesting and creating things, and um, and regardless of what what outcome is, the act of doing this is fulfilling to me. And like that has been a very, uh, you know, I've been having to remind myself of that often when like, you know, you're uploading a, a podcast and checking the downloads and you're like, Damn, I want that to be, high. you know, like in, right. in the, all that different process. And trust, um, I get it. When I drop a song and I get three streams, yeah, I'm like, what the hell is going on? This is really good. Like, yeah. What, you know? Yeah. And, but it's, I, I think it's, it's interesting. I've never drawn the connection to the drinking piece of it but it, it makes perfect sense in that you know we're you're, you're like you're forcing the continued reckoning with yourself and you're not you're not giving a reprieve you're it's it's in, and i actually think it makes sense that the creativity is not flowing is because your energy is being consumed by just like being with yourself exactly and getting to that level of comfort to when once you once you achieve that slash you're at a point where you're you're good the energy can be directed elsewhere and like i think it'll it'll be you know the most pure form of it mm-hmm. and also the most like overwhelming and constant version of it 100%. um because it's you know it's it's like the it's like a faucet man it's like you get that slow trickle the drip the mm-hmm. the boom here we're at but then as you know the well will be dried up you'll you'll go through another another desert of mm-hmm. of sorts and and then it'll it'll happen again but 100%. um i also like i i'm doing like a sober month last year i did my first extended sobriety mm-hmm. um like i think i'd done one one month prior but mm-hmm. i did like the 75 hard i did you know 75 straight days yeah and it was on so many levels like again i think it was not my most creative mm-hmm. but it was my most like disciplined and execution focused mm-hmm which then gave way to creativity, yeah. you know, like it's, it was just like, I got my, my house in order. Mm-hmm. I got rid of all the distractions. I was just locked in to, to the things I needed to do with the business and with going to the gym and everything like that. And it wasn't earth shattering creativity, mm-hmm. but I needed to get that everything in order to get the systems in place to then now I can go back to being creative. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting how that, it all, it, it circles all back though too. Cause we had just talked about cleaning space and meditation you know it's like if you're not in a a place where because that's the weird thing about the creativity too is that if you're in a state of flow and and you know how to get there pretty quick you know things just come to you but when you've got all that chaos in your mind I've had times where I come in here and I'm trying to write with these guys and I'm just like I don't like anything I'm doing it's because I've come in here after dealing with everything that is still on my subconscious and then I'm not able to put myself in a calm state to let myself be a beacon for the universe. I can't be, you know, uh, uh, something that light gets pushed through because there's so much heavy darkness in there. So I, I definitely get what you're saying is cleaning space, cleaning house, getting things in order. They say discipline, a lot of people would think, makes them less free but it actually creates space for freedom so i'm I'm a big jocko willing guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes for freedom. <laughs> yeah. um okay I, I love all this so talking about like the creative process mm-hmm. in in writing so you you said you started writing like when you were 14 was yeah. that like writing songs when you were 14 or just like yeah. writing in general yeah i mean i've always been um you know, a weirdo with the words. I, I, I think they have the Iowa, uh, what is it, ITBS, Iowa testing, basic skills or something, like the standardized testing. I always read in the 99th percentile, or like I was like a really, really, really avid reader as I was younger. But I when I was like super, super young, I used to like paint and draw and stuff like that, and that was 
a creative outlet that I thought I really, really wanted to do. And who knows, maybe later on in life, that'll be something I do again. But uh, I, I don't know. I just think that at 14, you know, when you're young sometimes and you feel like your voice has been robbed, especially like it's like a teenager, you're like, fuck you guys. Like, I want to be heard. It's like there's a lot of angst there's a lot of like i need to get this out and i think that my music ended up being a um uh, a proclamation of me claiming my own voice but also a cry for help at the same time because there was so much i wanted to say that was hurting me but i didn't know how to say it because i was conditioned to be quiet or be told to shut up or whatever and then that was also a part of the rebellion. So it's like, no, you're going to hear me. And uh, I loved the freedom in that. I love that, you know, in my household, if I cussed, I'd get the black beaten off me. But, you know, as I'm making a song and I'm with my boys, I could say, fuck this or whatever. You know what I mean? And like really let it out and feel free. You know what I mean? So I think that was getting hints of, uh this this uh, this you know uh, like i said autonomous has been like the a theme for me lately it's just getting themes of autonomy for me getting themes of freedom really just existing you know without having to think about it i think that was where that came from so um you know uh i don't know if that answered what you just asked i kind of went on a little fucking tangent my I, bad i love it yeah. <laughs> um no, it, it makes it makes sense, and I think it's you know the the using the writing as a way to kind of process emotions when you have not been taught any tools on how to actually process emotions, yeah. and um, I think that's it's super powerful. And then like you know having having your vo- that being able to sing is a, a skill that I um, wish I had. <laughs> I, I do not have a a great singing voice, but you know, I do, I do a lot of writing, right? And, mm-hmm. like, there was a time I was dabbling in poetry and, you know, like, I think it's just ha- words, and I'm going to go on a tangent myself, but, like, words are so powerful. It's so, it, it's incredible to me that there's just, like, here are these markings, put them together, and then arrange those things that are put together in a certain way. And it, it like, can be such a powerful feeling when you just see it. Um, and I don't know, like, from a lyric writing perspective right like Mm -hmm. what so you're i kind of want to go into like the the songwriting process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you sit down are you just like i'm feeling this kind of way like let me say it or do like i have i know i have you talked about writing the verse like i know i have a verse Mm -hmm. here like how do i arrange it or or whatnot I'm, i'm really curious about that it's been interesting um because if Rick Rubin talks about this too, he's like, sometimes we think because we learned how to create a certain way that that is the way. But as you, you know, take more time, sometimes that's not the perfect way to get in flow. It's not the perfect way to get it out of you. So I used to be, and I'm still insecure about my writing. I Objectively, I know I make great music, but there are always times where I'm in a session and I'm like, what do you guys think about this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that is for other reasons also, just for song, the song as a whole sounding good or cohesive, but, um, writing for me was a lone intimate act. I'd have producers send me beats. I didn't like to be in session. I like to be in my room with some weird trippy lights or like I, I had this uh, red light from like a photo red light room my roommate had get, given me back in the day and I'd plug it up in my bathroom and I'd sit in my bathroom and I'd write for hours, just sit on the floor. Um, and it was cool because I was getting a lot of raw things from myself because nobody else was around. But I think that actual, so I, actual songwriting instead of just because there's a difference and you know i I'm, I'm primarily rap more than sing but i uh i think i was able to get out more intricate flows and more experimental stuff when i was on my own because 
I wasn't subconsciously wondering if like anybody else was gonna think this was cool. When I got into the room with producers and started creating songs from nothing, like them playing like a couple sounds, that's when the songwriting, like the actual structure of things, the melodies in the songs, the content became, I think, a little bit more cohesive. Um, my my first projects are all like story concepts, but I think that if I had been in the room with the producers at the time that I was writing them, they might have been even more elevated. Who knows, because that's all in retrospect, but looking at how the process usually goes now, I think that it might have come back together a little bit better. Um, I was working with my homie Josiah, Sia Rainin is his, like, you know, producer and artist name the other day. And we sat around for a couple hours and I didn't do anything I liked. And then the next day I had to send out a verse that I was featuring on, or a song that I was featuring on, I had to write a verse for. And it was incredible, but I was by myself. So I, I don't really know right now if this phase I don't know if this phase, after talking about everything we've talked about, removing the ego, cleaning space, all that, I need more time by myself to write, or if it's uh, if it's more one of those things where it's just kind of figuring out. But like I said, it's it's been uh, it's been different now. Like I would go into sessions and we might smoke a ton of weed. You know what I mean? Lately, I I might hit it once and then it's enough for me to feel like a little bit inspired or whatever but I don't want to be in a comatose state I don't want to be so you know high that I feel like I'm about to have an episode of psychosis or something you know what I mean but sometimes that's the culture and like rap and R&B you know what I mean uh especially you could ask Tyler about some of their clients that are like big names some of these guys will just come and like sprawl stuff out on the table you know what I mean whatever they need to get if it's mushrooms or weed or whatever you know to get them inspired and uh, I don't necessarily want to be there so it's the songwriting process has been interesting it's been ever-changing it's like a piece of clay that you never put in the stove you know one day you might shape it to be like a cup the next day you might reform it to be a pot you know what I mean um, so I, I, I don't think by any means I've mastered my way of going about it, but I think that it's been changing because I've been changing, you know, hundred percent. Um, what's, what's kind of your main goals for this year? What are you, what are you working towards? Well, I have been, uh, I started January one, putting out a piece of content every mm -hmm. day. So I'm on a 365 day content release. People were reminding me that it's a leap year. So we've got 366 days. That's been like a, a joke on like all the posts or like in my DMs. I'm actually planning something pretty cool for February 29th. But um, I think that that has been a big thing on my plate. I started uh, a course in um, foreign exchange and crypto trading. Um, I... I'm going to New York in three days to meet with a really big tastemaker in the industry, someone who's huge on TikTok, Instagram, and he's popped off a lot of artists with his expertise and sending stuff out or whatever. He shared one of my songs, and it got like 60,000 hits on TikTok, and it's been streamed like 30,000 times or 40,000 yeah. times. So I'm going to go meet with him, but the goals have been to like I said further further facilitate more autonomy I, I I'm really in a space right now especially going on 28 I'm starting to feel some of that exhaustion from working towards something and not seeing a lot necessarily come from it but I think this 365 days of content is reminding me again about the process of things it's so like with music, I really feel like my ability and the things that I've created have been ready to be charting for a while. But I also don't know if the universe 
has been protecting me from certain things because in earlier phases of life, that lifestyle would have destroyed me completely. So it's been about trusting the process. And, you know, with Atomic Habits, they talk about that, you know, having your work more focused on the process instead of the result. So I've been trying to, like, even with the foreign exchange stuff, of course, right now, my full-time job is waiting tables. I don't like doing that. I absolutely hate it, but I'm grateful for the money that comes from it. So I'm in this perpetual state of, God, this is not what I'm meant to do at all. And then I'm like, well, maybe I've been guided through this because it's helping me appreciate things. It's helping me deepen my gratitude for life because although it's not what I feel like I'm here to do, it's providing for me. So I'm there about it, but I'm attempting to again this year break out of the regular cycles of work because I don't believe, at least me, I don't think it's my dharma to be the guy who just works for somebody else for the rest of his life. I don't think that I'm here to uh, have to deal with um, a lack of prosperity uh, in, in realms of finance or career. I don't think that that's my thing. I think I would get confirmation outside of that. So it's trying to deal with the weight of the current circumstances while learning the process. And I think that that is... The theme behind this year is it doesn't matter if you're about to be 28 or 38 or 48 or 58 or whatever. It's understanding that at any point in time, this may be the moment where something clicks. So continue to chip away. Uh, it's like the the uh, the guy uh, chipping away at like a rock or a boulder. It's like you don't see a lot of things change in his first 99 strikes, but on 100, it folds. You know, it breaks in half. You know what I'm saying? It's because, it's not because of that one strike. It's because of the 99 previous strikes, you know, and him trusting the process. So my, my goals for this year are just seeing these processes through and focusing on that. So I'm not dealing with disappointment no matter what the result is. And if this happens to be the year that certain things click and I can break out of some of these cycles of working for other people, um, then amazing. But if not, I've reinforced the process. I've seen results 1% every day. And I'm learning that even through my fitness. I was like 150 pounds at the beginning of last year. Discipline and counting my macros and stuff like that i'm 190 right now and i, I feel great i feel yeah. strong pretty you know yoked I mean? up over there yeah i'm trying man you are fucking <laughs> yoked up so this is what i'm saying though is is that you know it's that that's the big theme i think for 2024 is just sticking to the process and trusting that results will come i love it um we're kind of we're coming up on an hour so uh -huh. you know i think uh this podcast, like the name of it, what made you do it? Uh -huh. And I think part of what, why I think this podcast is like so great to exist and why, why this listening to you speak has been so perfect is like, there's so many things out there of people at the end of the journey telling you about it and going through the highlight reel. And oh there's so there's it's <laughs> and there's so many people that that is just you know inconceivable, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think what we're what I'm trying to do and what you did an amazing job of is like sharing the raw situation when you're in it. Yeah. Like we're we're building towards it. We're building the process and everything. We're in the process. Um, and I I think what would, I would love to hear if what you would say to somebody who's either early on uh. or even like, you know, at the edge of the pool thinking about jumping in and like they have this thing that's been gnawing at them for a while. Like what would you what would you say to someone if they asked you about that? Find your reason why because that will inspire you and have you stick to your disciplines even when everything is in shambles. Your reason why will be the motivator that keeps you on the the path, you know. So my why is I think about my siblings, I think about my family, I think about, um, you know, the things that I want to do for them. I think about my call to service 
in the world and the impact that I want to leave. And it's so grand that if I know that I was given this thought, I can trust it was given to me by something higher. And I know that if I don't see it out, that I will have to forever live with the regret of not doing that. So find your reason why. Um, I'd say number two, find people that are in alignment with your dreams and goals. You know, even if they're not in your particular field, it would be like, you know, if you and I started getting coffee every so often, you're on a trajectory for greatness. So it makes sense for me to generate energy with you. You know what I mean? So I think that that's important. I've found a lot of really great friends and I've trusted that the universe will bring them to me. And I've, I've met up with people now that are in alignment. You know what I mean? Uh, three, I'd say cut off anyone who is going to hinder the journey. Um, unfortunately, there are family members that I no longer talk to. There are friends that have been lifetime friends that I no longer talk to because the current version of me can't tolerate that level of negativity. I already question myself enough and I, I do everything I can every day to fight that inner dialogue. I don't need to be at war with you when I'm already at war with myself. So clear space, clean space, you know, ultimately I think life mirrors what we see or what we believe in our subconscious. So if you can fill your subconscious with positive things and have people around you to reinforce positive things and you can generate those things together, that's a, a, another thing. And then I would, you know, say is uh, trust the process. You know, you're going to think that you need to be incredibly great at something off rip, and that's not going to be the case. 10,000 hours theory is a theory for a reason. You know, they had seven-year apprenticeships back in the medieval times for a reason. It was that every day that 1% getting better led to, you know, a few years of really, really hard work and then an understanding and then eventually a mastery of your whatever field you're going into. So um, do that and don't wait. Just move. The universe likes momentum. It's the same thing with how we learn how to fly. I was talking to my buddy Brian about this at the gym the other day. Um, we literally are confined by gravity and humans said, fuck that. We're going to move really fast and we're going to fly. And what do we do? We, we, we showed that momentum breeds results. So get started now. Don't wait for this type of confirmation. Don't wait for some asshole out here to give you permission to do it. Just do it. If you feel compelled, start moving. And also, if at some point in time you feel correction or you know the universe is telling you to go somewhere else, trust your intuition more than you trust the outside voices and let yourself be guided because no journey is linear. And if you have the goal in mind, even if you can't see all the steps to get there, it might not be straight and narrow. It might be a bunch of detours, but you, you, you're going to get there if you, if you stay true to it. So I think that would probably be things I would say. Yeah. 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 Those are, I don't those know are, if those are solid, but no, those are amazing things. I, I, you know, you talk about being a service, I think. I think you might have a future of uh, doing some some motivational conversations with people. Maybe not, maybe not Rob Ross speaking, but get some chill, know, chills from me over I, here. I appreciate it, bro. I, 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 whatever, wherever I'm guided. I, I think going back to, and I want to give you encouragement too before we get off of here. You know, you were talking about the podcast and the ideas and how how far it could go. And when you're not getting the downloads or the saves or whatever, you know, it, it can be discouraging, but. I think that if you make every one of your actions ones of those that align with service, most likely you're going to get the result that you want. But also, if that's your why is being of service, you're going to be fulfilled no matter what happens. Totally. You know? So don't be discouraged because the process is just the process. And this is the test. You know, the universe wants to see God, 
the infinite, whatever you want to say, wants to see, do you really want this? Mm-hmm. You know, so trust it because it, it'll happen at some yeah. point. I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, Jordan, was we're like wrapping up, is there anything else that you would like to add or, or promote or, you know, share with the audience as we're... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can check me out. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, under Jordan Burgett, B-U-R-G-E-T-T, Jordan spelled the traditional way <laughs> um yeah i don't know man i just just live your life i guess like don't don't let anything hinder you um think about the regret you might feel if you stayed the way that you are because of other people or fear or whatever it is i think that as individuals we're here to really see how high we can achieve things you know even if it's just with your inner work so take that step and just make it happen. Don't let don't let the outside shit, whatever it is, hinder you from being great. You know, well, that's I think that would probably be a good place to leave off. Yeah, I love it. All right, until, Jordan, man. Until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Appreciate you being here. Yeah.